Same. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 99 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, what a weekend of playoffs, um, and it, it hasn't even quite started yet. Um, I, I I did not, I, I had mild expectations for this weekend, but it was fantastic. Some amazing matches all around, um, and we even have a Cinderella story in the mix as well, um, which uh, neither of our brackets really predicted, Joe. We, we kind of had some chalk going through the, all the way, but we <laughs> do have a 12 seed st- going into the second weekend, which, um, you know, you can say sometimes in, in March Madness and some NCAA basketball tournament, but wasn't expecting to say it here in the Overwatch League playoffs at the beginning of the year. Um Washington Justice Joe, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's one way to jump into it. Um, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, uh, this is like uh, this is the perfect. I think you know the the phrase to talk about it is just is the perfect storm um, for the Washington Justice this past week. You know, the combination of um, um, the the playoff meta. Uh, which obviously we've seen uh, lots of uh, lots of Roadhog, lots of Funky Tank stuff. Um, this is uh, notably this is the Power Creep nerf patch, um, and not the one we actually thought it was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think not the one that they initially announced that it was going to be. Um, um, this is, so it's actually what's live currently right now is what they were playing these playoffs on. Um, so we saw Roadhog Zarya, we saw all this kind of stuff. Um, um, plus, obviously, the, the recent addition uh, for the Washington Justice of Decay. I mean, um, who's got an excellent Zarya? Uh, we haven't seen it for you know most of the year uh, out of, uh, I guess, the opposite of necessity. We haven't seen it because he hasn't needed to play it. Um, but um, sure enough, it's still really good. And sure enough, Washington has um, learned how to work around it well. And I mean, when you've got Johnny Will and the Roadhog, I mean, that's uh, still one of the, uh, arguably one of the, the best picks in the league on that hero. But, um, um, but yeah, to talk about, you know, finding something that works, um, <laughs> the Washington definitely found that, found that, um, in terms of like a, a roster a hero pool kind of thing. But I, I think decay plus um, being able to do these kinds of things that maybe they haven't been able to do for a while. Um, and I mean, obviously that they haven't been able to do for a while <laughs> ended up, um, you know, number 12 in the league will do that for you, but or number 12 in North America, even it's like number 16 in the league. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's the perfect storm for for Washington really Justice this week. Really, really was. And honestly, like, yeah, I, I don't know how. I don't know if they would have been performing as well if if it was a different meta and they were just throwing Decay in on DPS um, to replace either Tube or a Stitch. Um, a lot of people like giving it, being like, "Oh, it's because Roar is not playing," which is pretty rude. I guess, but um, I agree. Roar's not the best tank in the league. Uh, I don't think anyone argues that he is. Um, but Decay, I mean, 
everyone talking all weekend, just like the strategy is just a pocket decay on Zarya. And it worked very well. Um, and honestly, I like to imagine that this is what that this is the strategy the shock would be running if they still had Sinatra as well, because he is arguably the best Zarya in Overwatch. And I think they could have easily run the same exact strategy the Justice were with Sinatra instead of Decay. Um, yeah, where's your where's your season two MVP now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it didn't matter for the Shock because the Shock were the only team to beat the Justice this weekend. Even though they came very close to losing, uh, they had to pull out the reverse sweep, which apparently is the first reverse sweep in San Francisco history. Um, possibly, not sure. I think I heard that. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think that was accurate. I mean, certainly the last two seasons, it's the first one they've needed, uh, <laughs> and then season one, they must not have had one. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, you just go through each of these games. Vancouver Titans. I look like an idiot because I chose the Titans to beat the Justice, so I'm already stupid. Absolutely dominate <laughs> the fuel in the next round, um, and then go up two zero against the Shock, looking unbeatable in those first two maps honestly looking way better than the shock um and i I think there's promise that this washington justice team if they end up facing the shock again at some point could beat them next time around because the last three maps seem more like of a more like a mental thing for the justice rather than the shock ending up being the better team in the end honestly to me it looked like the justice kind of had a little bit of a mental boom in the last three maps um, I, I think now that they've gotten over this, I think they could possibly take them in a rematch. Um, and then 3-0-ing the Paris Eternal after that to make sure that they secure their spot in this weekend's games against the LA Valiant. Um, my God, what a weekend for Washington. I mean, they're clearly the story going in. Um, okay, we still got one more thing to talk about with Washington, though, Joe, because... Um, Specifically on Plat Chat, big arguments this week, but Bren and Sideshow, very upset that Washington um, is able to be here doing this right now. Because the Washington Justice had like four wins in the regular season. They're the 12th seed in NA, one of the worst teams in the league this past season. Um, and they're worried about the integrity of the playoffs here, Joe. This team, uh, they're obviously proving themselves, but... Should they even be allowed to be here? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, um, overall, I, I tend to uh, agree with the at least the spirit behind that viewpoint. Um, that it is sort of lame, just just as lame as it was um, in season one, right? When when there's this uh, <laughs> you know giant shakeup post playoffs. Um, obviously season one, it was the, um, number, um, what number five and number six seeds made it yeah. to the grand finals, which were the two, um, two worst seeds in the playoffs that year. Five and six were the two worst seeds. Obviously this year yeah. it's, it's way deeper and the year before is way deeper as well. Um, uh, but yeah, five and six were the two worst seeds and they were the finals. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's as lame in that sense as it was in season one. Um, but I think, uh, even, even as I say that my, my, my head comes up with the counter argument, um, which is, I mean, look, this whole season was never going to be, 
you know, if it's if it's competitive integrity you're worried about, this whole season was never going to have that. I mean, you know, we played half the season with Hero Pools, half without. Uh, we played it in two different regions. <laughs> um, there were like eight weeks that nobody played, and Pacifics didn't start till halfway through the season, and. Uh, the you know Seoul played London six hundred times you know in the last four weeks of the season and, and all this stuff and so I mean uh, it's, so I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure which which side of me or like which perspective um, you know takes it for me personally uh, I think if Washington ends up beating Philly then I'll probably be salty uh, <laughs> but. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, on the one hand, yes, uh, they made this rule change, obviously, that allowed them to decide decay after the um, like roster lock window thing had closed, um, which which you know does make sense for the sake of for the sake of playoffs, right? Because if you don't have players who can actually travel to Korea and participate participate in the playoffs, that's that's a, a good reason to uh, to be able to to uh, sign more players. Is what I'm trying to say, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not like Washington was trying to game some kind of system other than you know a system that was in place for literally every other team. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So yes, it's lame. Uh, it's lame that we don't, uh, uh, you know, that we haven't seen uh, some of these teams like, um, uh, you know, like Paris, like Florida. Um, uh, you know, pick up wins that arguably, you know, we, we could have said, oh, they, they should have won those. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, even if, um, you know, D- Decay had been signed, even if, the, even if this wasn't a Decay issue, or let me rephrase that, the, the, you know, looking at this not as a Decay issue, I think some of those things would have been um, the case anyway. I mean, just with just with the, with the patch we're playing on, which is a different issue. Um <laughs> But um, the, yeah, so I guess my 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 take, at least the way things stand now, is yeah, it's lame. Um, I kind of wish we weren't in this situation, but also it's twenty twenty, um, <laughs> and yeah. at this at this point, it's uh, lots of the decisions that have been made this season were made um, for the sake of entertainment, and this <laughs> you know, regardless of of the intent behind. Um, what led us here. I uh, I don't think anybody can argue that it hasn't been entertaining. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I think what you're alluding to with them being able to pick up decay, I, I think that's a little more to blame um, here. They were able to pick up. I, I don't think when the Dallas field dropped decay, I don't think they thought that people would be allowed to pick him up. I think they would have rather kept him than than yeah. than end up um, him on some other team that ends up knocking them out of playoffs in the end of everything. Like I really, I think that is the biggest mistake Overwatch League made here. Um, maybe not necessarily the rule itself because the rule itself does make sense, but the implementation of the rule after they specifically announced that. Um, people would not be able to pick up players after this point. And then they were like, oh, wait, but um, actually you can because you might make the grand finals. It's, it's in Korea. So 
if you have a player that's unwilling to travel, then I guess you can pick up a player. Like you can't just last second asterisk it. And I think that's kind of bullshit right there. But it's it's 2020. It's been such a the rules of this season have been all over the place. Obviously, all uh, you could spend all day thinking about all this, but. I think I would rather just spend all day thinking about how much fun I had watching the Washington Justice play this weekend because it was very fun. Um, and I do remember hearing, um, as someone who works for the Uprising, I do remember hearing in the the Overwatch, like exclusive Overwatch Discord with the players and devs and stuff and league higher-ups, uh, there were a bunch of San Francisco Shock, Fusion, like uh, higher-seed teams and players complaining like i would rather um all these awful teams not have a chance to win and not have a chance to make the playoffs because then the regular season just doesn't matter at all because all that hard work we just put in to get such a good record just barely matters all it gave us was like a couple buy rounds i guess um so yeah i I think at the end of the season if washington justice end up making it to korea I think there are going to be some people complaining on the San Francisco shock roster. And I don't think it's going to be immediate because obviously the response is going to immediately be, Oh, you're a sore loser. Why don't you just win stuff like that? Um, But I think down the road, people will realize like, yeah, justice probably did not deserve that opportunity. They probably didn't deserve to even pick up decay. So I mean, they deserve to pick up decay in the future at least, but not at that specific time in the season. That's insane. I also mentioned to you over the weekend, Joe, that I really did think this was something Washington Justice would do when they picked up Stitch and Janu. Um, when they picked up huge names like that from Vancouver, Janu, like one of the MVP candidates from last year, such a good player. I really thought that that's when the justice would take a step up and actually compete against these other teams, but they didn't at all. They didn't whatsoever. They were still doing awful. And then all of a sudden decay comes in. Um, and I think it really, and I think it was also the meta with these, with these players specifically, the meta decay coming in and just really helped them all over the place. It's just, it's a crazy situation. And if if the justice are able to make it to Korea, I think I think people will still be debating this, Joe. It's it's going to be a debate. Um, But all I got to say in the end is I I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun this weekend um, when you don't think about it too much, (laughs) (laughs) which is fair. I mean, again, that's uh, (laughs) I I assume that's a lot of what they're going for. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I expect them not to do this going forward. I think it was literally just this year they decided, uh, yeah, let's just, it, the season's been crazy. Let's just make, let everyone have a chance, um, which is fine. I, if they do this going forward, I think we'll have more debates on here, Joe, because I think we'll be, I, I would be upset if these, this, all the teams made it every year. That would just ruin the point of the regular season completely. Um, but yeah, but there were other teams that played this weekend besides the Washington justice, uh, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> um, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my boys, the Boston uprising, Joe, of course I work for this team been, um, with these players all year as they struggled and struggled to get wins all year. And I was so sad watch cause they're, they're just such 
nice guys, such a great team, and none of them deserve such an awful season. I'm even though they couldn't make it to um, the actual uh, double elimination bracket, I'm so proud of them for putting up such a great win against the Houston Isles and then putting up a great fight against Atlanta as well. The first two maps could have gone either way. Um, last map was definitely more in Atlanta's favor, and then of course um, Uprising ending up taking that third map, but. Yeah, I, I, they, everyone on this team was clicking. Mian Bong was hitting sleep darts like crazy. Um, Fusions looked great on the Roadhog. It, it was just a great weekend for the team. I just want to give them a shout out. And my match to rewatch is Boston versus Houston. Um, and that's a personal biased pick because I just really enjoyed rewatching that match as much as I have so far. Um, they look great this weekend. And yeah, uh, would have been great if they got the win against Atlanta, but. I still, I still personally think um, that this team, this this six, these six people on this team could get wins next next year. Maybe some coaching changes, maybe something like that, could really help them, especially after this weekend. Um, but yeah, as far as like the pre preliminary rounds go, that was the biggest thing for me besides justice destroying fuel. Um. And I guess, oh yeah, I guess we should talk about LA Gladiators Defiant, Joe, because that was the the decay flu game, I guess. Um, sure, that was the the bird ring flu game. Our bird ring, yeah. Right? Decay bird ring, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, so if, yeah, if no one know if no one listening knew, bird ring uh, came to this weekend sick, unfortunately, um, with a fever, not looking good. But uh, he didn't play the first map against the Defiant. They lost that map, and then he decided he thought he was well enough to go in. And um, apparently he was well enough to carry his team and absolutely destroy probably one of the best bird ring games I've ever seen while sick. And then after the game, um, he doesn't pass out on camera, but he falls over on camera because he got a little bit dizzy while standing up as the entire team had to carry him to the kitchen and get him some water. Um, which is just I mean obviously I'm glad he's okay he is okay but it's a great storyline it is if you haven't heard of the Jordan flu game it's basically the equivalent I guess it's very very on brand mm-hmm. um, for that uh, particular team yeah it's, and a good win uh, yeah, for the writers who then of course um, didn't uh, win another map the rest of the weekend but uh, you know, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see. I would like to see this weekend without Bird Ring being sick. Clearly, he was he was a big part of their game plan this weekend, and just sucked that he ended up getting sick. I think they would have been able to put up a better fight. Maybe not against the Fusion, because I really do think the Fusion are the best team in this meta. That's the one thing I've taken away from this so far. Um, but specifically against Mayhem, I think they would have put up uh, probably a better fight. Because I don't think Mayhem's particularly that, particularly that great in this meta. Um, but yeah, it's it stinks that the, it seems like bad luck things happen to to the Gladiators all the time around the playoffs. Of course, uh, famously, Fissure um, kind of freaked out um, right when the Gladiators were going into playoffs that one time. And then they yeah. <laughs> ended up losing the series to the Spitfire. Um, so it seems like the gladiators just, they don't, they don't, 
they're not too lucky when it comes to playoffs so far. Um, unfortunate for them. Uh, but besides besides that, I mean, the upper bracket looks pretty similar to what we thought it would. Fusion Shock playing for that first spot to go to Korea. Um, Joe, who, uh, over the weekend, who are you more impressed with, Fusion or Shock? Obviously, Fusion didn't drop in a, a map while Shock almost lost. Um, uh, do, do you think Fusion has been holding up in this meta better than the Shock so far? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the the big takeaway for me, right? Is is um, how how decisively uh, Fusion was winning lots of these matches, um, and again, obviously biased Philly fan. Um, <laughs> this is this is uh, this is my team, but uh, but yeah, Shock almost getting swept, obviously um, by Washington Justice. Atlanta looking pretty nice too. Atlanta sort of, um, I guess, a little bit of a sleeper. Um, uh, this weekend, in that uh, that they actually won um, <laughs> their their first two matches, uh, which I don't think was expected necessarily, um, but um, including putting Paris uh, obviously down to the losers bracket, but um, um what am I trying to say? But but yeah, th- that yeah, I think I, I still do give uh, give the edge to Philly. I feel in uh, I guess a little more. Uh, comfortable about that now, even then, um, than I would have um, uh, potentially last week after after seeing them um, in this kind of meta against um, obviously against Gladiators and then against the Valiant in the the second round. Um, not you know the hardest teams um, in this in these playoffs, but I mean uh, with with Shock and Justice both in that other half of the bracket. I mean uh, those are basically the the other two like. Uh, super solid looking teams uh, right now. Um, at least in, in uh, North America, <laughs> I should clarify. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's, so to that to that extent, that's not um, th- that we don't have that comparison. I think is is um, is it's fine. I think for now, but yeah, I'm I am looking forward to, t- to this match. Um, uh, I wonder what day. Is that like one of the first matches that gets the first matches that happen this weekend? I don't know. Whenever they play this match, um, Shock Shock Fusion. Fusion. Yeah, um, I think that's um, it one looks of like the it'll be Saturday. Yeah, it's the first first North American match on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, I think uh, Fusion is definitely um, showing up. It's fair to say. I mean, uh, Hisu Sombra is looking excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Carpe's uh, gotten some of his uh, uh, some of the load uh, pulled off of him. I think is probably fair to say. Um, um, and yeah, he expects a lot more of that basically as we as we keep going. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really think Fusion have found their footing in this meta, um, especially with the Sombra. We saw teams differ on DPS like all year, all week and uh, weekend, and people. Gradually, I feel like we saw a lot more somber as the weekend came went on. Um, there, there was a lot of Fera. There were a lot of Fera teams. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how many are surviving at this point, um, but it seemed like some of the lower teams, like Houston, um, really liked f- constantly playing Fera, um, which I think was very easily countered by Ash comps and stuff like that. Which we did see some Ash comps. We saw some Tracer. I mean, it's just. It's very fun seeing 
so many different DPS in at stake this weekend. Um, obviously, a lot of Hog Zarya, Hog Diva, uh, but we also got some Brawly type comps on certain maps with with Rhine. Um, so it, it's been all over the place. It's been a f- very fun meta. Obviously, it's the first week of the meta, so it's not going to be uh, set in full quite yet. Um, but so far, I really do feel like Justice and Fusion at least really have a hold on what they want to do in this meta. It seemed like this weekend shock did not. Um, and I think a weak break is really going to benefit the shock. I think that's the only worry I have for the fusion. Cause if we, I think if they played each other this past weekend, fusion probably would have stopped to be honest, because I don't think shock was as well prepared as fusion was, um, or as justice. I feel like those were the two teams that actually knew what fit them best in this meta. Um, Shock's going to be super thankful they can sit here this week and figure that out for themselves because they, they really need to figure it out if they're going to want to beat the Fusion. It seems like the Fusion really know uh, their style already fits this meta and they really they really know it. They're really confident about it. Um, we haven't got to see too much Carpe because of that. Um, and that's fine. Obviously, people love watching Carpe, but it, clearly Fusion sweeping two games in a row against an LA Valley team that looked really great too against the mayhem, not to mention. So, um, yeah, that, that Valley justice game is going to be very good. I'm expecting. Um, but for that reason, I, yeah, I, I, I think Philly, if we played this weekend, I think it's going to be super close though. Cause Chuck gets that extra week. Um, let's talk about Asia. As you mentioned, we've mostly been talking about NA so far. Um, the reason we haven't been talking about Asia so far is because to me it's gone more the way I thought. Besides Seoul, um, Seoul is the only standout there. Uh, Chengdu, of course, beat London. We expected that. Uh, NYXL beat Chengdu in a very close game. I kind of expected that. And then the Seoul Dynasty swept the Hangzhou Spark. Not only that, but they swept the Guangzhou Charge. And now they're in the winner's finals against the Shanghai Dragons. Um, what's been the difference for the Seoul Dynasty? Is it just that these players always seem to turn up when it comes to the playoffs? Like, what, what do you think's happening, Joe? Yeah, I, I mean, there. That's certainly. Um, it certainly got got some merit to that. I think, um, but particularly, I mean, we're talking about players like, um, like Gesture on the Roadhog, um, and like Profit um, on you know <laughs> with with Profit's hero pool that he has, um, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, looking incredibly good. Like you said, going six and zero this past week um, um, with all of these different types of, uh, or excuse me, with with these both these wins over over both teams that we expected to do, you know, pretty well. I think we maybe even both had picked Hangzhou over um, over Seoul initially in our brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, super impressive looking. I think uh, Jester's Roadhog is really nice. Uh, uh, you know, better than his better than his Widowmaker. Even that's probably <laughs> <laughs> probably fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it, and and the way that the team is able to play around him too is super important. Um, uh, you know, Prophet's been turning up even here at the at the end of the last season, just in general. Um, but then and. But even just the rest of the team uh, being able to step up and and uh, fill their slots in supporting around this core. I mean, uh, uh, you, you know, a name that I don't think we've said at all um, 
on this show all season. Uh, like, for example, creative uh, on the Ana picking a player of the match against Guangzhou uh, <laughs> on stream, but just from really, um, it, you know, excellent and and um, defining uh, Ana play, which obviously has been uh, also a big part of what we've seen in. Uh, in some of the team compositions that uh, came out this weekend and that kind of stuff, um, but yes, yeah, Seoul looking really nice. Um, Shanghai, uh, even enough to the point that um, you know Shanghai um, uh, should probably be you know doing their homework, playing, paying attention, uh, coming up with some plans for their match against Seoul here coming up, um, just to see you know. Uh, uh, you, you, where where are they at in terms of this this fresh soul that you know in, in a lot of ways looking uh, looking like you know the Washington of the of uh, uh, the Asia region. Yeah, exactly. Um, but not as not as crazy as Washington because it does seem like Seoul randomly is really good and can beat the Shanghai Dragons and all these teams. Um, just just changes every single week it seems. Uh, so could change again this week. Who knows? But yeah, so definitely looking great in this meta. I agree. Jester, Jester Roadhog looked good. I think Marvel and Diva's very good. Um, even pulling out double hit scan a lot this weekend, which we didn't see too much from other teams um, with Fitz on Widow and Prophet playing the Ash. Uh, so it, it was really fun watching Soul. And it seems like they're another team that's really confident in this meta as well. Um, so... That's exciting. I, I still think Shanghai, it's going to be hard for them to beat, in my opinion. But it, it, it is looking like they have a better chance, for sure, after this past weekend. Um, super exciting. Super exciting. And we will be predicting all these games later in the show, though. Um, we will be updating our brackets, I guess, um, to, to match, because our brackets are not very similar to these ones. Um. But yeah, I, both of our MVP of the week is Decay. Obviously, I don't think there's, there's any no, other choice. <laughs> yeah, this you know because we, we usually pick each of us uh, uh, pick one player uh, for a total of two per per episode that uh, we'll call MVP of the week. But yeah, this 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 particular past week, there's just no way that Decay was not the most valuable player in the Overwatch League. Uh, just basically, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Super nice. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how he does this weekend. But yeah, so far he just completely changed this team, obviously. Um uh, other I'll things also- of note. Um uh Washington became the first team um uh, in Overwatch League history to play on four consecutive days. That's a fun oh. statistic for you there. Wow, um, did not know that. And you know, obviously <laughs> got um uh, went what 12 and 2 in maps all over those four days um and there was something else too that i forget oh yeah that washington is uh uh also a statistic notable about them that they're uh still undefeated against vancouver as a franchise uh that washington has never lost to vancouver wow interesting uh, any uh, yeah, iteration of either team yeah. yeah i forgot that they were like the only team that just consistently beat the actual good vancouver team last year when they weren't so good oh yeah someone also brought up like 
arguably Washington could have done the same thing last year if they were allowed to be in playoffs because they ended up being really good in that last meta. Um, oh, yeah. So that would have been interesting to see them in playoffs last year because they probably would have done the same exact thing <laughs> because they looked really good at the end of the year again. It's true. Uh, so, wow. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Washington always turns up here at the end. They were just lucky that they were able to be in um, in the playoffs this time around. Um, but yeah, we also get live player cams now on the overwatchleague.com website. Not, I don't think you can access them on YouTube. Um, no. But if you watch on overwatchleague.com, you can just get the live player cams whenever you want. Yeah, and it does have to be uh, while you're watching live as well. It doesn't work if it's um, mm-hmm. uh, like on the VOD. But yeah, you can uh, you can see the the live player cams. So that's the thing. And they uh, there's a tab on their Overwatch League playoffs page talking about um, how you can like tweet at them or something, and they'll send you a picture of the team <laughs> during during some of the playoff matches coming up. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite understand what that meant, but uh, it's the the fan tweet cam. You, you can tweet at them, and you get a, a live photo of the selected team for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Interesting. That's fun, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, but so I, I, that, that was a fantastic week. Let's let's hop into the news. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the show, power creep nerfs are in for the playoffs. Um, playoff patch not just the roadhog change big roadhog patch the patch after that as well um with basically just a bunch of nerfs um in it as well and you what that's what you watched the past weekend um there was an experimental card last week um last friday actually um that had to do with shotgun patterns so joe do you want to jump into that yeah, I mean it's um, pretty pretty specifically um, pretty specifically shotgun patterns. Um, experimental card, uh, I believe, is probably still up, um, probably for a couple more days. I would think uh, that shotgun patterns no longer apply random rotation on the experimental card, uh, potentially going to live. We will see. Uh, but specifically, this affects uh, Ash, which is her coach gun. Um, obviously, her primary fire is not a shotgun. Uh, Doomfist's primary fire, um, which has that kind of shotgun spread. Uh, Diva's primary fire, Reaper, Roadhog, um, I assume that's both left and right click, uh, as well as Torbjorn's uh, uh, close range shotgun as well. Um, so we're making weapons that utilize shotgun power is more reliable by removing the random rotation applied to each shot. Uh, so individual pellets will still have a tiny amount of variance to their firing angle um, but this change will provide significantly more control over aiming these weapons says um, or say the developers um, so yeah those the big changes to those six heroes um, and also a couple tweaks here because um, evidently um, that made uh, roadhogs uh, this change made roadhogs hook too good um, also just roadhogs hook or, it was already too good. <laughs> yeah, as I was going to say, Roadhog in general was already too good. Um, <laughs> so he, he did get a little bit of a nerf uh, where the projectile damage for each shot uh, has been reduced from 7 to 6, uh, down to 150 total damage per shot, uh, which is, I believe, where that was, um, obviously, before 
his most recent round of buffs and some of the other, yeah. other buffs that he got um um still uh still exist uh it's so like he had a ammo change he had i don't even the know ammo what else changes he had. so basically he's just back he's back to where he was before except worse because he used to have six um he used to fire six rounds now he only does five and he his damage is back to normal but of course you've been added added this shotgun change that makes makes it easier to aim shotguns and kill people with shotguns so it's seeming like it it's not a he's not going to be worse than he was before the patch where he got buffed because it'll be easier to shoot with him and aim with him so yeah wow i'm surprised uh, i had forgotten that that was the only uh buff change that he got was just his damage increase I, mm-hmm. I thought for sure there would have been something else. Yeah, it was pretty huh. good. I mean, the, the only, I think the, before the changes, the only reason Roadhog was awful was because you, you just couldn't consistently get a one shot when you hooked. But now you could. Now you can. So now he's like a usable comp. And based off of Overwatch League this weekend, I don't think he was like overly dominated. I think people could counter him pretty easily. And you, you needed a lot of resources to counter some Roadhogs, some really good Roadhogs, but. Um, I think after this patch, I think he'll, he should be a little more balanced for sure. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think he was too oppressive. I think he's more oppressive on ladder where you don't, you, you are less likely to work as a team to kill him. Um, I think he's very, very easy to, to, to rampage over ladder, um, as a roadhog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at least again on the experimental card uh, that's what we're looking at currently that uh roadhog tuned down just a little bit there um uh and uh torbjorn also feeling some of that um he's the other actual hero change that we saw uh where his secondary fire uh again that's his shotgun uh recovery time increased from 0.6 um to 0.8 seconds um and its damage was increased from 10.5 to 12.5 damage per projectile. Um, uh, so it's now 125 total damage per shot. Um, so, yeah, and again with the um, consistent shotgun spread too, now makes it even more interesting uh, that you know Torbjorn might uh, <laughs> be be looking pretty decent here. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, on this patch, it looks like, and I, he never really was bad. Um, just that he's uh, a lot of the ways in which you would get a lot of use out of him are kind of situational. Um, but like as as an actual hero, he's he's um, uh, sure enough still not bad, and, and again looking probably better with this patch even. Yeah, um, I, I mean we already see Torb a decent amount in Overwatch League. So I'm I'm scared to see how good he could possibly be with these buffs. These buffs are looking nice for Torb. Uh, so, yeah, um, interesting pet. I mean, obviously a smaller one than we've seen, but we've seen some insanely long patch notes previously. Um, but I th- I think it's a still a significant patch. I think the shotgun patters thing affects six heroes, um, not just Roadhog and Torbjorn. It also affects Reaper, Diva, Doomfist, Ash. So. Uh, it should be a big one. It, see if it goes live this week, which it should, if if we're f- checking the patterns correctly. Um, but yeah, besides that, uh, Andante, formerly um, a Vancouver coach, is now an assistant coach of the Hangzhou Spark. 
Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll join up the Hangzhou Spark, uh, leaving Vancouver, much like a lot of people already have. Um, and then Toronto owner um, tweeted about the Toronto team's uh, performances this past year, not only Toronto Defiant, uh, but the Toronto Ultra as well. Um, and basically had, had this nice little thread uh, and his tweet about the Toronto Defiant. He said, on the Toronto Defiant side, our performance has not been acceptable and I accept the blame for that. Our strategy lacked focus. We didn't develop our players and our strategies were reactive. We're going to take a hard look and we will be making some difficult decisions soon. Um, I mean, <laughs> Toronto history has been seems to be a lot of difficult decisions all over the place. Uh, this team has, this team has changed two times now fully at this point. Like they started, they started their first season with a completely different team than they ended that first season. They just picked up a bunch of random players and ended up doing awfully with the new players worse than they were doing with the first players they had. And then in the off season, they picked up some very promising names, obviously Kariv in there, agility, sure for, and had a very disappointing season. <laughs> very disappointing for, for those names, obviously. So I, I would expect there to be some some news like this coming. Some very difficult decisions are definitely going to be, have to be, be made for this Toronto Defiant team because there has been no glimpse of hope whatsoever for Toronto fans these past two years. Uh, they, they better be making some changes. Uh, any thoughts on that, Joe? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you, you know, as, as unfortunate as it is, cause the, the, uh, you know, the names on the team and the, the, the skills on that team are really solid. Um, it, I think, um, uh, as much as I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to just repeat, uh, takes from the internet cause that's, <laughs> that's sometimes sketchy, but I mean, um, you, you know, people talking about, look, um, you know, if you've got the, the players that you have right now are, are marketable, um, but if you want to be competitive, that, that there's some changes probably got to be, um, that it probably got to be made. And, uh, it sounds like the, uh, uh, at least some of the organization leadership is not afraid to, uh, start diving into that potentially. Yeah. It's nice to see, um, him tweeting about this. Honestly, I don't think too many other people would be open after such a bad year like that would be tweeting about about that exactly so props to him i guess um but yeah as we move into now our prediction segment for the week um after the results of the first bracket joe has taken the lead away from me um he is up 148 to 146 in points on our predictions this year it is sad for me uh, my Washington pick was off. My Vancouver beating Washington pick was awful. My God, um, I'm an idiot. And yeah, I, I, here's a chance for me to come back, I guess, as we um, now get to sort of redo our brackets as the results have come in. We get to pick for this week, um, which is exciting because <laughs> my bracket turned out awful. Um, Absolutely. And it'll just be up to, um, obviously not uh, not to the grand final stuff. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks when when it's time for that. But uh, everything else will be uh, updating here just about now. Yeah. Um, so well, I guess we'll start. Uh, let's start with Asia. Actually, um, me and Joe have some big differences in our APAC. 
uh, in our good old APAC bracket, actually, because um, let's see here. Right away, we um, were both picking different different matchups in our first games each. Guangzhou faces New York first, and Seoul faces Shanghai first. Um, and I picked Guangzhou, Joe picked New York. Um, I picked Shanghai, and Joe picked Seoul. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you're really going with the you're going with the Seoul Dynasty to win this one. Why do you think the Seoul Dynasty can beat the Shanghai Dragons here? Uh, yeah, I mean we're looking at you know yeah number five Seoul Dynasty. I mean that's going to be an upset. Um, I am not. Um, I'm definitely not <laughs> denying that. Um, but uh, but yeah, at the same time, I mean uh, we, we've seen number one uh, the you know in a lot of ways um, the the benefits that you can get as a team from. Uh, from starting lower in the bracket, I mean, is, is it certainly not not in every situation. But if you're a team like Washington, uh, if you're a team like Seoul, who I've already described as the Washington of Asia, um, uh, th- that I think knowing knowing what you're good at and being uh, being good at what you're good at is, is definitely an advantage we've seen. Um, uh, which ends uh, the yeah. So Seoul looking really nice. I think Shanghai. Um, uh, they uh, hopefully will have uh, will have the sense not to go into this um, being too uh, too rigid as as we've seen uh, you know higher higher seeded teams do in the past or like um, they'll where they're prepared to or they think they're prepared to just sort of play play around it rather than uh, to try to try to directly address uh, some of the stuff that they're going to get thrown at from Seoul because uh, I think it is you know. Uh, I think Seoul have proven that uh, they need directly address, and and uh, Shanghai is going to have to specifically play them rather than uh, uh, you know rather than coming in just expecting to to win a match of Overwatch. Um, uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I don't know that um, certainly in the mirror, I don't know that I would give the advantage to Shanghai. Uh, uh, Compositional wise, I think uh, you know we may it may come out that. Uh, They've discovered some sort of, uh, uh, you know, some some sort of counter that um, Soul is not ready for yet. I think that's probably their best hope in this series. Uh, um, but um, you know, spoiler alert. Either way, um, I think uh, these two teams are going to end up number one and two in Asia, uh, uh, being Shanghai and Seoul. Yep. Uh, either even if we differentiate here. By me thinking Shanghai is better than Seoul, and you think Seoul is better than Shanghai, we do have a similar result in the end. We both think they are these are the two teams that are going to make it out of APAC. Um, whether or not Seoul or Shanghai ends up beating Guangzhou or NYXL in this next game, we both do think it's it's um, Shanghai and Seoul to to move on. Um, and you know, I definitely could see Seoul winning this game. They look a lot better in this. They look a lot better in this meta than previous metas. I don't think they look better than the Shanghai Dragons. Personally, I think the Shanghai Dragons are still the team to beat. They're going to have to prove it to me here. I, I, I don't feel confident enough to pick Seoul over Shanghai quite yet. Um, but yeah, I, I do have Shanghai and Seoul moving on, just like you, Joe. Uh, even though our bra- even though our brackets this weekend are definitely looking very different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still the same end result. As far as North America goes... Um, we'll start with that winner's game. We'll start with Philly shock and then we'll get into the loser's bracket, uh, side of things. But, um, we do have the same result 
here in the winner's bracket. We're both picking Philadelphia to beat San Francisco, like we talked about earlier in the show. I believe it's because we both just think Philly looks a lot better in this meta right now than San Francisco does. Um, I, I think this really... San Francisco still has depth on their team, but I think without Sinatra, they are missing that flexibility. I really do. Uh, I think Sinatra is such a key key part of this team that they actually will end up missing in these playoffs, specifically um, when they need possibly him to be on Zarya or um, stuff like that, you know? So I, I do have Philly Fusion. I, I think they have more depth. I think they have better strategy in this meta so far. Um uh, how about you, Joe? Same reasons as me. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, li- I liked your point uh, earlier enough that I'll repeat it. That um, yeah, I think um, that the the shock advantage uh, this week is going to have to be that they've made good use of of this uh, th- these past seven days uh, in terms of you know coming up with something that works, coming up with ways to address. Because um, I, I don't know, I don't feel like um, the you know this. The San Francisco Shock is a team that is gonna really gravitate towards some of the strategies we've seen other teams run, um, but but you know they've got to be prepared for when that happens, and they've got to um, be prepared for when um, a team like Philly, that's you know as as proficient at it, um, is gonna throw it at them. Uh, but like like you were saying, I, I think you know provided they've they've used um, uh, this past weekend well, I think that's gonna be. That's going to be the big difference for him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what this match looks like. I also think a big factor is this isn't like the final. Like, I do think I would pick differently if this was the actual finals of the whole thing or something. But this is just just this is just a win to get into the actual finals. So I don't think Philly's going to feel the pressure as much as they would if this were the big finale if this were the big finale i would have trouble picking philly because they always seem to choke they always seem to straight up just choke in situations like this so um i i will pick philly here because there is less pressure on them if they lose then they're not completely out um as far as losers bracket go we we both think uh justice and florida will move on um the Justice Valiant game, I think, will be very close, but it's hard to pick against Justice after what they've done this past weekend. Um, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, we both have um, Justice um, beating Florida as well, which I think I think that's an easier matchup, in my opinion, for the Justice than um, the Valiant. I think Valiant will give them a tougher time than than Florida will end up doing. So. Uh, that was an even easier pick for me personally, and then um, Washington Shock is where we differ, which is crazy because I have decided to pick the Washington Justice to win this time around against the San Francisco Shock, and go to South Korea um, for the grand finals, which is crazy to think about if a 12 seed <laughs> was sent there. But I decided to go out of my way. I decided to. I decided I needed one of these picks, Joe. I'm down two points. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? I need to make a crazy pick. And I think it possibly could happen. Like I said earlier when I was talking about the Shock Justice game, I think it was kind of um, some nerves for the Justice there that they didn't seal up that game. I really do. I think they kind of had a mental boom. I, I think this time around, now that they've played the Shock once, they will be a lot more confident. And I think they could possibly do it. I think they could possibly pull it off. 
Um, I think they'll have a better chance this time around against Shock than they did last time, in fact. So I'm I'm going Washington. Joe, you think there's <laughs> you think you're going San Francisco, um, which I think is the smart pick, but <laughs> you, you can still explain yourself if you'd like. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's it's absolutely possible that that Washington pulls this out. I think, um, like I said, I'll be disappointed if that's the case. <laughs> if it ends up, uh, if it ends up not being those two, because I think you know, just without a doubt, best two teams in North America. Uh, we've we've established that, but um, yeah, it's definitely possible for Washington to pick that up. But yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath because um, they are going to have to. Um, because they are going to have to beat, you know, either Philly or Shock, um, you know, if if San Francisco pulls out the win uh, there in that winners in that winners bracket match, which they haven't successfully been able to do yet, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so that's it's, it's going to be it's going to be a big hurdle. Um, do they have the potential to to you know vault that hurdle? As 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 much as I hate to say it, yes, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, um, like I said, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I still think I I would love to see. I love seeing Philly Shack. Of course, it's a great matchup. I still I still think it would be fun to see Philly Justice for sure. I want to see how Justice match up against Philly because Justice clearly gave Shock a big run for their money. I think it'd be very interesting to see how they would perform against Philly. Right now, it, it to me it looks like Philly would probably still beat them uh, pretty easily. So Philly's just looking really good this postseason so far, though. So, yeah, it, it should be super exciting. I, I don't know. I, I'll we'll talk about next week's podcast if the Justice end up doing what I think they'll do. We'll see if me and Joe will be excited with that or upset and and whatnot. <laughs> um, but yeah, any anything else to say on the, on this podcast before we sign off here, Joe? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, uh, we we both uh, did initial predictions about you know oh what what will happen once if we get to a grand finals. But um, <laughs> my my comment about that at the time was yeah well I'm I'm glad I don't have to commit to anything yet because <laughs> uh, it, it, it's going to be a very interesting tournament um, no matter who's in it once we get to that point. But we've got some time. Yeah, I'm just excited to see matchups like Philly Shanghai, Philly Seoul, San Francisco Shanghai Seoul. Seoul, Shanghai, stuff like that, possibly. That we haven't seen I've, literally all Seoul, season. Shanghai. Seoul, Seoul, San Francisco. Yeah, that we just have not been able to see. I think that'll be exciting. We have no clue where Shanghai ranks amongst Shock or Fusion, you know? So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on our social media, you can follow me at JWGeorgeIV. Joe is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Our show has a Twitter. It's at On The Flank Show. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any questions, topics you'd like us to talk about. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on hyphen the hyphen flank dot pinecast dot co. Uh, we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy another weekend of playoff action.